0: This is Back to Debbie, a podcast brought to you by Campus to Buchanan. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. And now, in this week's episode, we will react to this week's spring games, only a few of them. We're going to review last week's NFL prop challenge that Corey and I had for each other for the uh, NFL draft. And then we're going to cap it off with a 2023 rookie mock draft. I'm promising the viewers, this will be the only NFL center show that we do the rest of the year. And then we go back to strictly college. That's it. And Corey told me that in a chat he was in that someone told him about how they love our show topics, talking about how they're fun and creative. And that, that was probably one of the highest compliments paid to me the last like two months. Because that's what I want. I want shows that are entertaining. But it would just feel like a disservice if we didn't talk about the rookies, the NFL draft. And so I know every other football podcast out there known to man is doing the same thing. But we got to do it. Corey, give us the news. Okay,
1: I got to start off here by giving a shout out to our entire Debbie team here at C2C. We just released the 2023 version of the Devi Guide on May 1st. We've been absolutely grinding over the past couple of months. Um, I'm really proud of the product we put together. 247 pro t- profiles, uh, 60 quarterbacks, 76 running backs, 85 wide receivers, and 25 tight ends altogether. You're going to find things like uh, advanced stats with strong correlation to the NFL. Uh, you're going to find rankings, ADP. You're, you're going to even find our patented year one zero wide receiver. Team theory and the explanation behind it, which has really shown um, some promising correlation to the NFL number uh, uh, to the NFL level. So if you aren't a member at C2C, I still don't know what you're waiting for, but you can get the guide at the website for a single $20 purchase. Um, If you are one of our yearly NIL members, Uh, with us. You're going to get this guide free of charge along with all all the other great guides like our CFF guide and the Freshman Supplemental Guide. Um, If you want any more information on the guide and what's in it, we did do a release show that you can find on the company YouTube. It'll have all the information you need uh, to really get caught up on this thing. So with that, um, we'll head right over To touch on some of this news, I'm going to start with a transfer portal update here. I think the biggest news to come out of the portal in the past week uh, (laughs) is probably at Alabama, where former Notre Dame uh, and five-star quarterback Tyler Buckner is now a part of their quarterback room. He spent under two days or so in the portal and was picked up pretty quickly. I'm I'm not sure if this... Really moves the needle for me that much. Um, although you know, maybe they see him as more of like a future play. You know that they can think about maybe in in twenty twenty uh uh in twenty twenty four. But I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that uh, that we both think he doesn't really have a strong chance of starting this year. Would I be correct in saying that, Mike? No, I'm way through there. So we'll get right over to some other quarterback news here. Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne enters the transfer portal as well. Um, looks like it's going to be Noah Kim or Cain Houser there for right now. But I just really just wanted to mention this because maybe it gives a little bit more opportunity to our guy Sam Levitt as well once he gets there in the summer because this is a pretty wide open room right now. They haven't really committed to anybody right now. So maybe there's, there's a little chance there he can make some noise. Probably not, but just something to look out for anyways. We'll head over to the running backs where we have Notre Dame running back Logan Diggs has entered the portal. He's going to be leaving that backfield open for Audrey May now. Um, you know, we might see a little bit of Jeremiah Love. Jer- uh, Jerry and Price had a nice preseason last year. Um, they really like that pain kid over there, too. I can't remember his first name. So it's really going to be kind of a muddled uh, backfield over there. Heading over to Nebraska as well, running back at Jay Allen, who uh, was a freshman last year, ki- kind of sort of breaking out before breaking his collarbone early into the season. He just entered the portal as well to get out of the muddy looking backfield there. Moving on to West Virginia, where running back Tony Mathis Jr. has entered the portal. And this is less news about him. And more about him leaving the backfield open to C.J. Donaldson now. Really interesting tight end convert that we've gone over a bunch of times. Continues to just break big play after big play after converting to running back at 6'2", 240 pounds. Really wasn't sure where he stood on the depth chart. I mean, we hoped, obviously, that he was the guy. We thought he was going to be the guy. But this kind of just solidifies it now, right? Um, or we yet, knew he was the guy. He won that yeah. job last year. <laughs> we all knew
0: he was the guy. Yeah,
1: we knew he was the guy. But at least this kind of reaffirms that you know we can feel good about where we've been having him ranked all this time. Um, moving on. Uh, You might have missed it last week when we broke the news uh, in the middle of our show, but former Houston running back Alton McGaskill is in the portal as well. He said to be looking at Florida, Arizona State, or Colorado, all of which I don't like as much as I like the Houston situation, but I guess we'll see what happens with with these teams. But uh, I'm just not loving the situations there. Florida, very crowded backfield. Arizona State kind of going through a lot of turnover there. Maybe that was probably the one place I'd like the best. And Colorado, I just think they're going to be a bad team this year because – Uh, because they're going to be adjusting to this power five level. Now they're just going to get beaten down. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of room for running. So, so tough to see him succeeding in, in in, uh, any, at least Florida and Colorado. So Arizona state, let's hope he lands there. Um, at wide receiver, I just want to give a mention to UTSA wide receiver uh, Zachary Frank- Franklin, who has been an uber productive wide receiver in the G5. He enters the portal, probably looking for a chance to hop into the power five. So maybe a guy that can kind of sneak into the back end of the draft right there with a nice season in the power five. And forward in order Dame wide receiver Lorenzo Styles has transferred to Ohio State and will be playing defensive back. You won't even find his name in our guide anymore. We decided to remove him uh, after the transfer and the switch to defense. Um, and once again, guys, make sure you're following everything c c to keep up with all the latest news the podcast feed uh the youtube feed hit those like and subscribe buttons and let us help you win your leagues
0: let's go over to the spring games there's only really two to know here we're talking about maryland and oregon i'm gonna start off with maryland because that's the only one that i watch personally um <laughs> and i wish i could have those 10 minutes of my life back i that <laughs> so <laughs> i only watched the first half um it was just hard to watch it was a very um it was Maryland football. I don't know how else to say it. It was so bland. Josh Gaddis is there, and man, was his was his impact felt as a viewer, all over again. So, um, to start off, uh, the tight end that was really involved here was uh, Deiches. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I believe he was the Memphis tight end. Is that correct? Um, you check that out for me while I, while I talk more about Maryland. Uh, and the first team offense. I uh, just wanted to know this because a lot of transfers come in. Um, there's a lot of guys that we think have debut potential there. Like there are, they have a few guys on the radar. Um, but the starting lineup was uh jashaun jones who kind of took off last year a little bit towards the end as a fifth year senior um ty felton and then caden prather the transfer from west virginia and then also with the first team but they rotated in was Tyrese chambers transfer from florida international and then um, octavian smith uh second year player big fan of him uh but as far as like what was here was number one I, there wasn't they kind of rotated There really there wasn't like a solid Wires for one of that offense. Uh, probably your safe bet is Jay Sean uh, Jones, I believe. But Prather looked decent at times. It was like kind of poor cameras, but like I didn't want to give. <laughs> Corey's been trying to, not Corey, excuse me. Austin's been trying to throw water on the fire that we're stroking <laughs> for for Caden Prather. There was at times, he was running through cement. Now, Maryland has much more athletic DBs than probably what he went up against at WVU. Uh, there was a couple times he didn't really get separation, but then he also made some nice plays too. Um, I'm going to let Corey talk more about Keenan Prather, though.
1: Yeah, I would say that he didn't do anything like super eye popping uh, on the day, but he was targeted quite a bit. Um, I thought he showed some nice release moves at the line of scrimmage. We, we've talked about that before. How we've kind of seen that that release package grow year to year. I think we saw I saw a little bit of it in this game as well. You were talking about the camera angle. I totally actually agree with that because he played so far on the outside. He was actually out of the screen a bunch, so it was hard to watch him on a snap to snap basis. Like I would have well liked to, 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 to kind of see how he was doing here. But either way, um, still didn't really do anything. Had a couple chances at some other some nice balls, but again, this offense was just really off um for most of the day i will say though your boy octavian smith uh actually yeah. rotated in with the first team quite a bit throughout the game uh, made that nice sideline catch where he just almost got that touchdown in the back of the end zone as well he mainly worked out of the stop but it was nice to see him kind of rotating in and out of the uh, out of the first team there
0: yeah and that sideline grab too like he there's some great body adjustment type catches he made one of them was out of bounds though so it's really unfortunate but to see him get the first team reps which he was kind of already working his way into the first team end of last year. It's just nice to see the development and we'll see how this year goes for them. And then when the third and fourth string QBs came on, I actually don't think I stuck around for four string, by the way. I, 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 have, really a, I have that note right here. My thing,
1: I, once I got to the third and four string quarterbacks, the game was almost unwatchable. Like balls were just not yeah. getting completed. There were sacks. Nobody was reading the field properly. Like it really looked like a messy offense. And if anybody knows Josh Gaddis coming from Michigan, uh, Miami last year, like it really bland offenses that, that he's been around for the last couple of years. So hoping that that's not going to be the case here at
0: Maryland, but this game was not, was not very pretty for it. Yeah, so I, I only watched half a game admittedly, and I just could not stick around for longer. I just couldn't do it. So. Yeah, I, I'll I'll
1: give some love to uh, Tyrese Chambers too as well. Former FIU wide receiver, I believe, another transfer yes. up from the from the G5 to the Power Five. Had two touchdowns on the day, looked pretty explosive as well. So maybe just another guy to to keep tabs on a little bit. Um, other than that, nothing really to, to mention here. Like quarterbacks, I'm not you know, I'm not a, Twalia, a Twalia, Twalia. I don't know how to say his name really, but I'm Talia, not Talia. Yeah, Ta- <laughs> Talia. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not a Talia guy. I don't think he has an NFL arm. Um, I actually thought Billy Edwards, uh, the backup, he had the better arm, but he was in like wildly and accurate on the day for most of the day except for like yeah. a, like a touchdown pass it, it, late on in the game but really just there's not much your roman hemby the running back i kind of like but the, these games are not suited for the running backs to really yeah,
0: i thought the running game was rough like yeah. just to, to anyone running behind like no one really got it going i didn't really yeah. see any big chunk plays yet that i can remember so it feels like the quarterback room is like the discount version of lsu you know or talia is a really big discount version of Jaden daniels and um the second string guy, I can't remember his name. was like this town, Garrett. Edwards, yeah,
1: I I will just say by the way, I don't know who you were thinking of before, but Dykes has been with Maryland the whole time, which I I, I thought I remember, but I don't. I'm not sure who if someone transferred in or something, but I, yeah, I'm not the sure Memphis you're...
0: guy transferred to Ole Miss. Well, as soon as I said that, I like, yeah, you know, okay, or, yeah, mean like, That's who it was. Like Perkin Perkins, Perkins, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Warner, to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We are not going to do. like the me over there.
1: You sound like me over there. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's head
0: on over to Oregon.
1: Yeah, so I, I watched this game. Um actually watched it today this morning and took a lot of notes on it. Uh, starting with the quarterbacks here. Bonix looked like Bonix, man. You know, he's late on some throws, but then he flashes a powerful arm. Um, but he's fairly all over the place with his ball placement, short off the legs, on a nice keeper for a touchdown, but pretty erratic day for him overall. Like just the Knicks we know, man. Like that's I still see it there a little bit. I know some people are starting to hype him up a little bit, but I still see him being a little bit of a mess. Um Ty Thompson ran as the two here. Um, He had a couple moments with some nice deep balls, uh, drove down the field a little bit, but generally looked like pretty underwhelming like he has for most of his career. I think most people here are probably interested in how freshman quarterback Austin Novosad looked. He got some pretty good playing time in this game. Um, I would say he looked pretty unsettled. Uh, Definitely Mm. had a case of the first game jitters out there. I think accuracy was all over the place. Uh, Fumbled a snap. I think he completed well under 50% of his passes. I'm not sure of the actual stat line, but like... Uh, all of his passes weren't good. He wasn't getting much help from his wide receivers either, but like he was just late on some throws. He wasn't reading the field very well. But again, this is a freshman quarterback. Still a long way to go in front of him before we see him hit the field. So uh, don't let this game write you off or anything like that. He just, he, But he didn't really look good. Um, running back here again, nothing really of note. It was like a f- four-man rotation, I guess, between um, uh, Noah Whittington, uh, which was surprising that he was actually seemed like he was with the f- – first team. I'm not sure why there. Bucky Irving starting with the second team. And then Jordan James and freshman running back Dante Dowdle actually got uh, a lot of run in this game who the recruiting services liked uh, a lot more than us here at C2C. He was like a consensus top 10 back in this class for a lot of guys. He, he ran really hard in this game. I will say that um, carry some guys for extra yards, but it's, it's athleticism that worries us the most. You even saw it here. There was a red zone carry. He had clear path to get the edge, probably would have scored a touchdown with any, for anybody with a little bit of speed. He could not outrun the defender, um, but he, he brings a nice aggressive running style to, to this running back core. So, I mean, um, i don't I don't think there's really nFL potential there. I think the athleticism is really going to hinder him at the, at the next level A wide receiver I'll just say Franklin looked the best on the day. He actually got behind the defense like multiple times, probably would have scored like three touchdowns if Nick's could to hit him down the field a little more consistently only ends up with one touchdown actually here, but his athleticism was definitely on display a little bit and in these these types of settings where they 're not trying to be too too rough and aggressive with people he's this is the type of player that 's really going to shine we're more worried about some of the some of the technical ability with him. We know he's an athlete. We're just worried about some of the technical ability with him. But uh, Tess Johnson also, I just want to give a shout-out to, former Troy Rye receiver. another bump up for the G5, fairly involved on the day, two touchdowns as well. And your guy, what kind of your guy, maybe your C2C guy, Chris Hudson, he had a nice long play as well. So he's still out there doing some things. Dreon Dickey is not here on campus yet, so there's really nothing to know here for about him.
0: Okay. All right. I was actually pretty high in Austin Nova Sad coming in. And then hearing the – but like the glowing reports early on, I feel. I aggressively ranked him, and mm-hmm. hearing that means I have to be unaggressive when I rank him. Now.
1: Yeah, it was just it just looked like jitters, <laughs> like you know, like in the pocket he couldn't find a place to go. He, you know, all the, his eyes duck right away when the pressure starts closing in. Like it was just like a you could tell he was just had jitters. But, but it it's like mm-hmm. the first time he's really in a live game setting like that with a bunch of eyes on him. You know what I mean? A bunch. Some of these guys right. is just how they look the first time. Um, yeah, I guess most people are probably betting on Tez Johnson, but um he was he played with the second team for most of the day as well even though I, I guess it's probably more of a mix between the teams i'm not sure uh with the way the running backs were and stuff it probably can't really take anything away from the depth chart yet but i'm still hopeful dickie's got a chance to make some noise here
0: okay and then i do want to take note of this too last week i asked Corey on the spot about freshman keon brown from oklahoma he's not on campus yet he did not early enroll so I I know we were he was one of those freshmen that were like deeper but talked a lot early season for multiple members here at GameSkin just been kind of quiet I just wanted to put it out there that he's just yeah, not on campus right size speed guy that's really really intriguing skill set
1: and some openings over there at o, at OU2, depending on what you think
0: of Andrew Anthony or or whoever the hell else. He's just so athletic too. I mean I know people comp like Julio to like Hakeem, but like I feel like Keon, I should actually in that discussion too if we're talking about that yeah. level of athlete. Um let's head on over to our NFL prop bet, Corey. <laughs> Corey, I I don't know the score, so we'll tally up as we go along. All right, <laughs> you the know the score. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I just I want to leave it open ended. You might you might come back and win. I don't know. All right,
1: all right, let's see.
0: <laughs> all right. So the first question was QVs drafted day one. Mike, I said, I said three because I I was repeatedly saying Will Levis is not. I'm so a proud of you. Out. I'm so proud yeah. of you. Thank you. Yes. I and bought it. I bought
1: into the buzz. I went with four, obviously here. I thought will have, and he was picked 32, man. Wasn't he? Or third, 33, 33, 33. He was close. He was close. Okay. And I heard that they were, they were very hard trying to trade up for him. Near the, near yeah. The they all say well, that, bro.
0: It's true. Yeah. So
1: good. But I mean, man. it was such a close trade up though. Like in a sense, if you're going to do that, why wouldn't you want to trade up to the back half? And get that fifth-year option if you really believed him that much. Like that's what makes me think that maybe they were trying to and just gonna strike a deal that made sense for everybody. But regardless, yeah, I bought into the hype a little bit too much. I fully agree with you that he didn't deserve to be around one quarterback, but yeah, good job here. I like that one. Thank you.
0: Everyone was saying it's a first rounder. Don't feel don't feel bad about yourself. Yeah. Right <laughs> Everyone believes in the hype. Yeah. Um, I do want to say this though. I, I am going on a little bit of a rant here. I think it's uh, I don't I don't want to be like too pop culture term here, but like I'm like disgusted. I mean, I think it's just disingenuous from the NFL to invite these guys in, telling oh, their yeah, first-round draft picks, yeah, just just to help with like the mind games. You know, they're playing chess here in the NFL draft. They're trying to leak information so that other teams reach on other like on players that are deeper on their boards, so they can get their guy a little bit better at value. It's just, it's terrible, dude. I feel bad for Will yeah. Lewis even though like he went in the second round. The camera really had to keep flipping to him. He has to keep his, he gets to keep his motions in check, keep cool the whole time while teams that are teams keep going by him and then. I want to say it was Schefter like tweeted out who he actually visited. And it was like eight of the top 15 teams wanted like visited him. Yeah. You know, and, and, and clearly he was there. Clearly he personally believed he was a first round draft pick. Some teams told him like, Hey, we're really interested in you. We want to take you in the first. I mean, he had to have had some sort of information that told him he was going to be a first round pick or else he probably wouldn't have showed up and it good for him for going home day two and just saying, I'm going home. Like good for him for doing that. I, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the NFL playing these games. It was Malik Willis last year. It's yeah. Will Levis this year. I don't know who's going to be next year. I'm sure it'll be somebody else again next year.
1: It makes me but, wonder, like, how they are coming up with the list. Like, are they buying into the hype machine when they're looking at this? Are they actually asking teams who should be invited to the thing? Or are they just looking at like the top ten projected on like the most mocked or or whatever, or the top seventeen projected yeah. on the most? Mocked? Like, you know what I mean? Like,
0: I, I feel bad for these kids. Though. I really do. For him to watch them there like that, that was tough. I don't know a better way of vetting. I I usually kind of like I grew up with the principle of saying that you shouldn't complain about unless you have a solution yourself or else you're just whining. Yeah, yeah. Um but they they need to do something. Something needs to be done. I'm just trying to bring the problem to like, you know, yeah i know they didn't
1: they did invite less guys this year if i am if i if i remember correctly so i think that they were already trying to correct that a little bit by doing that by not making sure there was too many guys there that wouldn't get it end up getting picked but uh yeah unfortunately it ended up happening with one with two of them actually who went around, who went around to another guy a defensive player though i believe
0: uh is the it, next it, day. was it jpj or, it wasn't jp oh it was keon white oh, keon White went to the keon Patriots. White, yeah okay okay yeah all right let's get on with it though i really just yeah, the NFL needs to do better about that. Um, all right, let's point for Mike. So I, I'm a little bit ahead here. Let's. Well, I don't know. Maybe Corey comes back here with with tight ends day one. I said only one. Corey said two. Mm-hmm. The answer was was none. Was it none? It was none, right? It was one. No, 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 it was, no, 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 was Kincaid. Yeah, you got you got that one. Yeah, one for you. Yeah, wow, point for you.
1: Two nothing for you.
0: Oh, 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 oh. Two, <laughs> point, two <laughs> I I want everyone to know too. Well, I'm taking another, another little rant here. I put this out on Twitter. I put out a poll. I even had my own friend, people I consider close friends, almost family, in the in the company Slack say Corey's gonna win this by a landslide. They commented (laughs) it on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Eighty one percent of people said Corey's gonna win this. It's two zero. (laughs) Let's go. I'm, gonna, to I'm about time. to Tom
1: Brady this right now. I'm about to. It's 28 3, and I'm about to come back. It's like second half versus the Falcons. Let's go.
0: <laughs> running backs drafted day two. Here I we go. Here's where, I, here's where here's my, where my bread and butter I thought is it was running. It gonna be backs. a deeper class. Oh, I'm wrong. Uh, I put 10. Uh, and I even stated the average is six to seven each year. Corey, I think Corey, you go seven there. I went seven, which was exactly seven, I believe. Was it? I thought it was six. I thought, I think it was, wasn't it seven? Oh, I might be wrong. I thought it was exactly seven. Hold up. Gibbs, Bijan, and then the second round was Zach, and then the third was Kendrick, Kendrick, Tajay, and Devin. That's it. it? That's it. Yeah. Then Roshan was fourth round. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, So six. six. Yeah. Anyway, so Corey got that point there. It's 2 1. The next one is wide receivers drafted day two. I put out 12. Corey put out 11. We had 14 drafted day two. So uh, let me just check the scoreboard. It's 3-1 for Mike. And wording
1: here, though, that's throughout day two. That's day one and day two combined, not just on day two. Just That's
0: correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Uh, same with the running backs, too. It's day one and day two. And now going yeah. on to tight ends, we are combining day one and day two now cory had more tight ends going in the first round and then he put four for the you know this is such tour. a. I looked at this after and i was like was oh, just such a stupid answer i don't know why i said four i really don't put <laughs> two going day one <laughs> I, really oh, don't. I put out that's six so i don't know what the exact number is because it looks absurd to any other draft class but i want to say it was like closer to like eight nine i'm not really sure yeah, like, i know was, this point it was me. ridiculous yeah right, that's a point check. for you let me take the scoreboard. It's 4-1. It's 4-1. It's 4-1. People All here. right, here we go. Come back. Here we go. Back to running backs. My my bread okay, and butter. So we were assuming Bijan and Gibbs were the first two running backs drafted, which was the correct assumption. And the question was, who will be the RB3 drafted with that assumption? I put Kendry Miller, who was RB4 drafted. Mm-hmm. And Corey put close. Zach Charbonnet, who was RB3 drafted. We're giving that to Corey. The score yeah, which was fun,
1: which is funny because it actually followed that that Pete that article that we that we read. It was exactly as it said. Bijan went like the scouts voted the scouts and they voted. Yeah, yeah they voted Bijan, Jamir, and then Charbonnet got the most, the third most votes, and Kendry got the fourth most. So it actually worked out exactly like that. Yeah, I the remember Zach
0: Evans only getting one vote and he like yeah. went yeah. six rounds or like so a half vote got, or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah, maybe we gotta finish <laughs> that article in the future. Yeah. Um, so, and then the next question here was, who will be tight end two? Now, tight end two. This was the assumption of Michael Mayer going first, but it was actually Dalton Kincaid who went first, and that was actually Corey's guess who was tight end two. So, I'm giving that to Corey. The mm-hmm. Score is four to three. I put Darnell Washington. I um, I guess I wasn't paying in the news. I was super unaware of the health uh, flags that popped up. I think we you told all were, me, yeah. You well, me well, the show. that day. That day, I did. Yeah, that there was popping yeah. up that day. Yeah, and I. I I didn't I didn't know I was like no nah, it's just smoke I have never I didn't even, whatever point Corey that is point Corey score is four to three mm-hmm. uh, I just want to remind everyone that uh I do owe Corey one snowblower um and this was for a second snowblower or I'm finally getting my first lawnmower here so let's let's just go into <laughs> the last two categories what round would be KeShawn Boutte drafted now I <laughs> <laughs> so I follow my heart. And I I like I, I looked for for confirmation bias, you know, so I went to National draft database to see where he was going. And like a lot of people still had him going in the third. And I was like, OK, this is all I need, man. I'm going to say the second round. I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow my heart. And then Corey said the fifth round. And then somehow, I don't know how he fell to the sixth. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you don't know how what happened. I don't know. I, got, I had a
1: feeling it was going to happen. It was going to be late day three or something. Just the way the whole process went for him, it just did not feel good.
0: It's just, I think, as a community, I'm fast to fade players, but I feel like I need to fade them even harder now because every single guy that had red flags in their profile, best believe they dropped. Like yeah. NFL teams aren't taking the risk on it. those guys were a little bit different because we're
1: talking about like almost number one guys, their position at some point in time through Debbie rankings. Like Boutte at some point was probably number one. Evans was some point at probably one or two or three, like right up there. So people really held on for a long time. They really didn't want to let go. I know I started letting go like about halfway through this rookie process where I was just like, it does not look good. I started just really letting go and and dropping them and dropping them. And uh, I could have pulled the plug earlier too, but I, these red flags, yeah, they're definitely more concerning uh, in, in my future analysis for sure. Sure.
0: Like two of the top, like four, like freshman wide receivers was bootay and then Raheem Jarrett, who didn't even get drafted. Yeah, like those guys t- felt like both kind of like slam dunk picks, like after their first year. Yeah, um, that whole that whole class. Parker Washington
1: was in that class too. Every low
0: Parker Washington in that class. Yeah, uh, he's six round pick this year. This year too. So uh, we we gave the correct analysis on that though. He's just we did. Yeah, he's just meh He's just yeah. Meh. You know, and good guys for us for saying Tyler Scott too. By the way, that that was. The, the late riser, of day two draft capital. But anyway, yeah. let's get on to uh, the final. It's tied up 4-4. Where do we go? Last category. Last question. What round would Hendon Hooker get drafted? Corey would believe in the hype. He said, <laughs> well, everyone's saying it's a first-round talent, even though he only reads half the field. But well, he knows. He knows he only reads half the field. Yeah. But I said the third round, and sure enough, he fell to the third round. So
1: Let it be known. Then Mike said fourth round, and I was nice enough to let him bump it up to the third round. So yes. this one, this one's going to have a little bit of a an asterisk by it. But we'll give and, it, we'll
0: give it to Mike here. He yeah, he wins but, one. Whoa. He gets his first lawnmower. If you put an asterisk <laughs> next to that, then you got to put an asterisk next to uh, Devonta Smith Heisman because he wouldn't have gotten that while didn't get hurt. You know, whatever. I'm Canadian. Day. It's in my blood. It's in my
1: blood. I gotta, I gotta yeah. be nice.
0: All right, let me get that zero turn. All right, I want one of those zero turn ones yeah the, yeah
1: <laughs> all right i'll get you i'll get you the uh the nice um 360 you take your hands right off it'll turn for you and just step back you know well,
0: as long well, as i get the, as long
1: as i get the snow blur with the drive because i don't want to be pushing against the snow that's just hard okay I mean, it's a workout,
0: yeah, man I know, I know you got a kid now you gotta get you gotta get the workouts. get, you get enough workout with him <laughs> <laughs> I meant physical, not mental, you know. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's physical too. Believe me. You know how much floor is all I do with, with moves and stuff? Okay. <laughs> we gotta check your vertical out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's head on over to our mock draft, right? So we the NFL draft just wrapped up. So all of our Devi assets have graduated. They're now NFL assets, dynasty assets. Um, but it's just everyone's talking about their mock draft. We gotta get our takes out there, uh, show you why we talk more about college and not about the NFL side. So Corey had the first overall pick last week. He was kind enough to let me do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, really hard pick here. Uh, my pick was Bijan Robinson. Uh, Bijan was the 101 for me. Went to Atlanta, eighth overall pick. He goes to Arthur Smith, who literally was the OC for um, Derrick Henry with his 1,500 rushing season and then a 2,000 yard rushing season. That offense is passing offense. The Falcons' passing offense is still trying to find its identity. And now I'm feeling more confident they're going to lean on the run game. They re signed almost the entire offensive line. He's the mm-hmm. highest drafted running back since Saquon, which, you know, was like five years ago. So not, not like not insanely far, but for a position that everyone's saying is getting devalued to have a running back, a draft in the eighth, just speaks volume to the usage that they're trying to give him. I mean, Tyler Algier had a thousand yards as like a rookie and Bijan is, well, he's no Tyler Algier. and no, I'm just saying Bijan is definitely way better than Tyler Algier. So, um, I'm feeling good about this. I think he's a stud. I think he's a locked in. He's probably, he's probably RB one by the time the season kicks off with all honesty. And then he's probably going to put up RB one numbers. I think as a, as, as a rookie, I really do think that.
1: It's the Perfect volume role for him because we're again we're talking about an offense who is is probably going to struggle to pass the ball who ran the ball extremely well last year that's that's the strength of their team strong offensive line up front to get a lot of push for these guys we saw a lot of these guys do do pretty well even Cordell patterson had his games tyler algier, uh, algier really came on throughout the rest of the season like it's the perfect spot for him he's going to see a lot of volume and it's going to be a t- it's going to be a team who's down too so he's going to get those those dump offs those easy, easy uh, passes out of the backfield too so I, I love the landing spot he's my 1.1 as well it's probably where i would have gone but at one point two. I went with the other other guy most people are taking, and that's Anthony Richardson who ended up going to the Colts. Perfect landing spot, I guess you know, probably they're they they are gonna rely on him to start from day one, which does scare us a little bit because we're not sure if he's ready for that. You better you better bite
0: your tongue bro. Minchume Mania is going to start that he's gonna hold it until <laughs> whenever their bye week is and then he's gonna hand it yeah, off. Hey right, who knows I um we'll see they're they were just talking about
1: um freaking Bryce Young is coming into the Panthers campus quarterback too. That was a tweet I saw the other day. So I don't even yeah so I don't even know how this is all gonna work. But regardless, this is the highest upside at the position, obviously, the kind of mold you have. We even see with Justin Fields who when he struggled as a pastor early in his career, he still was a fantasy asset because of those legs. And even last year wasn't the greatest passer but was a was a Really good asset because of his legs. J- Jalen Hurts was the same way early in his career. That's kind of the, the path I could see for Anthony Richardson while he keeps developing the pass and they, they build the offense around him. So 102 here is Anthony Richardson.
0: Yeah, and unlike Hurts, it already feels like the Colts started building around that mold. I'm not really sure about the offensive line play, but they have those mm-hmm. big targets, easy for him to target. Um, just big, I mean, you can't you can't miss throwing to the trees, you know. Yeah, you know? <laughs> there'll be like four of them out there, Max. Um <laughs> I, we didn't state this earlier, so I'm sorry. I want to state this now. This mock draft is super flex tight end premium. So if you're a, a one QB player, just, just take away all the tight ends and quarterbacks. And bump yeah, out us, you yeah. know? Um, but this is super flex tight end premium. Uh, with the 103, I took what I thought was the most pro ready, most pro ready quarterback. And I actually liked his lane spot a little bit more than the other quarterback left available here. And that's going to be Bryce Young. Bryce Young goes to the Panthers. They have a decent offensive line. The fact that he's... Not at the dumpster fire that the other guy is at makes me feel a little bit better about him. Yeah, no, I like Bryce Young where he's going there too. Um, so I really like that pick.
1: I think he's going to uh, succeed there. And they also have a strong run game to kind of back him up there as well. Um, Carolina was one of the better rushing teams last year with CMC early and then Dante Foreman throughout the year. They were beating up on some of the strongest rushing defenses in the league. So um, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good spot for him. But I went with the last quarterback on the board at 104. Not the last quarterback, last one at least in the first round. Uh, and that's one at 104. That's CJ Stroud from Ohio State going to the Texans. I think a lot of people probably are upset are – not upset, but don't like the the landing spot as much compared to the rest of the guys. I think one Oh four is where you're going to see CJ Stroud a lot. I've even seen um, the guy you, that you took at one Oh five in ahead of him in, in some mocks, but I think that's a little bit crazy. I'd still take Stroud here. He was my um, quarterback one in the class um, until I saw Anthony Richardson get that ca- that capital and that faith in the Colts love that landing spot. But um i'd still i've done a couple mocks and i'm still taking him before Bryce young maybe i'm a sizist maybe i just can't Mm -hmm. i can't drop that off i just see that there might be some more upside here if stroud hits his ceilings compared to bryce Young's ceilings with with the arm strength and everything like that i think i see a little bit more of that in stroud so we'll we'll see um but i have no problem going one or the other i think that's that's a fine move so cj stroud here at 104
0: yeah we've debated these two uh Mm -hmm. everyone has honestly i i do think Young has the safest floor. Stroud has the highest ceiling. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And I I don't like what Houston's doing, dude. I don't like that trade for for Will Anderson. They traded away a future first when they're like a rebuilding team. I don't know about all that. Yeah. Well, you're hoping you probably got two
1: cornerstones there, right? So, I mean, if Will Anderson can become your next JJ Watt, I mean, you're not, I don't think you're going to be too upset about that, you know?
0: Yeah. But that's like a ceiling. Like you're, you're betting on a ceiling. I don't know. I still don't trust Houston. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Don't trust Houston. Um, let's head on over to the one Oh five Jameer Gibbs running back for Detroit taking 13th overall. Now that was mind blowing. I thought he was Mm -hmm. more of a late first, maybe early second. Uh, and then they go and trade away swift. I mean, so no real competition. They have a quarterback that likes to pass short. So PPR stud on the way. And again, like there's, 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 there's room from the run too. So there's only been two. Well, okay. Since 2012, there's now been 17 running backs draft in the fourth. If we don't, if we exclude this year, we'll go with 15, there's only been two duds the entire out of those 15. That's Rashad Penny, who had injury issues. And then um, I can't remember his name. His last name is Carter from Penn State, who had that li- really gruesome neck injury. So, again, injuries kind of were the story there. So I think Gibbs is locked in to at least have some sort of fancy relevancy. And as a first-round running back, he's going to hold value for a while. And then I want to talk more about him compared to Corey's selection. So I'm going to actually just go on to Corey here. Yeah, no,
1: I will just say that with Gibbs, I've done, like, almost a complete 180 from the one he's picked. I think it took a couple minutes to, like, settle in, even a day to settle in for me to really get my thoughts wrapped around my head. But, like, I think that they want this role so bad in this offense that they just went and spent the 13th, 13th overall, 12th overall. I thought it was 13. 13, I think it's 13, right? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it was 13. Um but yeah, you don't go and spend that if you don't want this role. I think they envisioned that role for DeAndre Swift, but he just it just never materialized with him because of the injuries, because of everything else that was going on with him. They kind of lost faith in him, but they wanted this role so bad that they went out and drafted this guy in 13th round, or I mean in 13th overall. And 12, 12, by the way. 12th. Yeah, 12, oh, 12 overall. There you go. So. Yeah. And then even with DeAndre Swift, we've seen how good he was with limited touches. This was a guy who was like, if I remember correctly, in points per game for the past three years, he's been like a top 16 running back. In that second year, he was like top seven, but he's actually still maintained being like an RB2 point per game basis, which is like still pretty impressive given like the lack of playing time and everything he's gotten. Jameer Gibbs is going to get like double at. I think they envision kind of like they want like an Aaron Donald or Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon thing that Green Bay has. I think that's what Gibbs is, is going to yeah. be, is the Aaron Jones in that offense, you know? Um, so anyway, enough about Gibbs. I just wanted to say I, I really like the landing spot for him. I actually, I've done a 180 on it, a team that's going to be behind a lot too, going to see a lot of PPR. It, it's a good spot for him. But at 106, I went with my wide receiver one in the class. That's JSN. Um, another guy that I struggled a little bit when he landed in Seattle because it, it's hard to see how much playing time he's going to get in year one, at least. It's not a situation where the cream rises to the top here, right? Because you got two really good guys in front of you. Lockett is very good. DK is very good. For what it's worth, JSN is actually the highest draft capital in in this room right now. Uh, but those guys are still very good guys. I still see him as going to be the third guy in this order. I think he's he's probably still playing more for 2024. And then when I, when I really settled down and looked at it, I'm like, this is still a good guy for 2024. Lockett's getting older. Maybe he can take over that Lockett role, be that next guy. Um, still a very good producing wide receiver. So I,
0: I like it here. You might
1: have to wait a little bit, but I like him here at 106.
0: Yeah, so I, I I have this debate. I want to ask you too. Is, would you think would you have taken Gibbs over JSN Like right now, would you have taken Gibbs over? him?
1: Yeah, I also think because of how big of a drop off there is at running back here. Yes, that,
0: yeah, that that also props him up a little bit because like after these two guys, like it drops off a cliff. I, I'm with you. Like as far as immediate impact yeah. running backs, there's only two on that list for me. Immediate yes. impact, and then there's like two or three maybes for immediate, but probably impacting more like two or two or three. Anyway, I'm with you there. Uh, going on to the 107, I took Quentin Johnson, uh, drafted by the Chargers. He has that fifth-year option. He's potentially tied to Justin Herbert for five years. And the team that really hasn't really surrounded Herbert with, like, passing weapons. like I really, You know, every I feel like two, three years in a row now, we're like, they should draft a wide receiver in the second or third, and they just haven't done it until now. Uh, Michael Mike Williams has got one more year in his contract. Out, his out next year is for, like, 12 mil, which – feels like it's not an out. I mean, no team's going to eat a 12 mil like that. But he's got two years left in his contract. Keenan's hitting 31. Like, they need to have some sort of changing of the guard in the near future, two, three years. Uh, And it looks like QJ will be heading the charge on the change of the guard there. And Herbert's just a phenomenal talent. They get Kellen Moore, too, OC from the uh, Cowboys. I can't remember where he was before that. But that OC has been fast-paced, high-tempo offense, putting points on the board, and I love that. I believe he was
1: the quarterback coach at at Cowboys as well, and then was it became their OC, and then now came over here and is the OC over here as well. So, um, yeah, it, it should be a nice change from um, Lombardi there. I don't think his offense really worked out there too well, but uh, I loved the landing spot here for QJ to be honest with you. Um, I, I, they love this archetype. A wide receiver, they love the, these big bodies yeah. on the outside. They're always looking for that. Michael Williams has been that fifty-fifty physical guy. QJ maybe a little bit more fluidness to him, maybe a little bit more more finesse to him, like a guy that could maybe get uh, figure out a way to get separation a little more once he kind of refines his ability a little bit. But yeah, I like that. I like that spot there at one hundred eight. I think I, I go with the consensus uh, three top wide receivers here, finishing it off, and that's Jordan Addison that went to my Minnesota Vikings, a guy that I didn't love the idea of being a wide receiver one for a team which is why it's awesome that he landed here with Minnesota. He's not going to be relied on to be the number one guy. He can be that complimentary guy, which I think is better suited for him. Addison's probably going to take over that Thielen role and possibly even more so. Thielen is really starting to to fall off towards uh, the end of his career with injuries and everything else that was happening to him. So I I really like the addition for my Vikings. You know, Even though I was a little bit hard on
0: Addison uh, throughout the process, I like the landing spot here. Now I want to ask you this. Is this for you like a, a tier drop? It's a tear drop for me. Like this is this is a big, a big like drop here. Uh there's Bijan's like a tier zero player, but everybody else on these lists are tier ones in their position group. Do you agree or do you think that there's one or two guys left in your
1: I would agree that, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the the guy at the top of my tier two though for a wide receiver. Which is like, just for the sake of the conversation, I'll mention him. Mean, he didn't go to the next pick because Mike doesn't like him, but it's Zay Flowers who went in the first round. I still feel pretty safe about taking him at 109. I think there's value there to be had too with, with a first round pick. Um, I, I think that the offensive direction of, the, of where the Ravens are going is is um, showing signs that they want to become a more passive team. Last time we saw Monk in the NFL as well, he had uh, OBJ and Landry going off for 1,000 yards each, so I think that's the op- the way they're heading. Now they sign OBJ who I think is a shell of his former self, but can still be a nice complementary wide receiver, and I'm a little bit worried about ba- where Bateman is with all their interest in wide receivers. They're interested in Hopkins. They draft this guy. Uh, Bateman's coming off the Liz Frank as well. We haven't really heard much about it, so uh, maybe Zay Flowers are really thinking about relying on him for a lot of stuff, so I'm still comfortable with him slipping him in, in here, at least at 109 and then it's a huge it's a pretty big drop off for me
0: yeah it wasn't high on him we'll talk about him in a sec though at the 109 yeah i, I took running back kendry miller who was my rb3 the whole process he's the fourth running back off the board but he goes to the saints uh alvin Kamara's now dealing with his legal issues the, also feels a little just dis, disingenuous by the nfl for, for the record but he's now dealing with his legal issues of that fight in las vegas um He's going to be missing time. I mean, he should be missing time. Would be surprised if he didn't. He was getting less efficient as a runner, and now that might just be the the you know the Sean Payton leaving. The offense looks pretty terrible. The whole team looks pretty terrible. They're trying to find their identity. They still are trying to find their identity. I think we'll find out this year kind of how their trajectory is going to be as a program in the next two or three years. And it looks like Kendrick is going to be the changing of the guard here. Taking in the early third, he has a complete skill set. He has that workhorse size that you want. He can have he can do it all the only real question mark in his profile is his passaging ability because they just didn't do that at tcu i mean max duggan at least definitely didn't do it he was trying to sling that all the time to qj downfield so kendrick miller here's my rb3 i scoop him up and i'm feeling pretty good about early involvement alvin Kamara is probably going to come back at some point in time but i believe ultimately the reins of will be handed off to kendrick probably by year two maybe year three yeah, and one of the youngest backs in the class, right?
1: Like, even if he's yes. looking towards his next contract, he's only going to be what, 23 when he's going to be looking, at, or 24? 24. 20, 24,
0: 24, 24, I guess.
1: Yeah, when he's going to be looking at the next contract, we still pretty
0: young in the, in the eyes of, of a running back. So, and that, that type um, of stuff matters in Dynasty, you know? What I'm it saying? does. When yeah. Like, when you do like those trades and you're like, oh, Najee's already 26, like, what? You know, like, yeah, he's not, I think he's 25, but you know, it, it matters when you're like trading later on down the road. Yeah, so at one
1: ten, I did go as a flowers, but I stated my case when we were talking about it there. So I'll kick it to you. You want to state your case about why you don't think he deserves to be in that that tier?
0: I didn't like him to begin with. I thought he's kind of yeah, soft. We, yeah, we kind yeah. of did his player profile a week ago. We talked about him as a player, but he goes to I think a terrible offense. I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. Lamar's only thrown over three thousand five hundred yards once. Now the counterpoint is Jalen Hurst just only threw three thousand seven hundred yards, and Jalen Hurst threw to like probably eighty percent target share to like three dudes combined. I just don't know if that's how this offense is going to be run. Mark Andrews is very clearly going to be the top target in that offense for the future and like the near and far future. And then it's going to be, you know, well, Bateman bounce back from injury. He was also a first round pick, supposed to be super talented. I don't know. I don't know what his usage is. And I don't really think Lamar has taken a step forward as far as being a passer goes. So I'm not, I'm not confident the pie is big enough for more than one guy. I'm just a little bit worried about volume and I didn't like his set to begin with.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the big thing is maybe you're just resistant on, on trying to move. Of course, I was always a little bit higher on him than you throughout the process. Seeing him get the first round draft capital gave me some reassurance. I, I'll i be honest, I never thought he was going to be a first round pick from the day I drafted him in Devi Always thought he was more of a day two guy, more of a little complimentary wide receiver. But the NFL clearly saw him as a little bit differently, like throughout the entire process, everybody was talking about him differently. And he, for what it's worth, he really acted as a, as a top wide receiver there at Boston college. He did everything that was act uh, that was asked of a top wide receiver in an offense. So I'm not giving it out of the realm of, uh, uh, of possible possibility that Zay flowers is his new Marquise Brown, maybe a little bit more, Fancy, you know what I mean? A guy who who maybe is going to be a little bit better on screens and stuff, where Marquise was a little bit more of a of, of a stretch player. Um, So I don't know. Maybe I can see that in, in this offense. Maybe I'm trying to pin things together too much. Maybe I'm just holding on to a guy I like too much too. But um, he is he is the
0: one guy I'll still slip in there at 109. So why don't you give us your yeah, 111? Right? I, I do look at stuff between two and three years windows, like across the board. That's how I like to plan my leagues. Like if I'm rebuilding, yeah. you got to be rebuilding within two years or three years. Otherwise, you're just not doing it right. Yeah, with the one eleven, I took Zach Charbonnet, running back, second round draft pick, going to Seattle. A bit of a head scratcher of a choice. Really didn't understand why Seattle did it. Now his skill set is probably like almost polar opposite of Kendra or not Kendra, excuse me, of um Kenneth Walker the mm-hmm. uh, Ken, third. Kenneth Walker III third is dynamic in the open field. He is not a great pass blocker. Zach Charbonnet can pass block. Ken, uh, I think Kenneth Walker is not great at power. He's not the worst one, but he's not great at power. Zach Charbonnet is great at power. Um, as far as receiving, I think both of them need to prove a little bit more on their receiving ability. But both these skill sets kind of fit together, and I'm really curious about how they're going to be used. Now, looking historically, there have been a few running back duos that were both RB ones, like uh, Alvin and Mark Ingram. Uh, I can't really think of anything others, but there's there's been few here and there, and so I'm probably banking on these guys. If these guys both stay healthy they're going to be cannibalizing each other's upside. If one goes down though, the other one becomes a league winner. So this is a conundrum yeah with with him i'm actually surprised a little bit that you took
1: him here i'm which it's actually fine because i think the next running back you took is the guy that everybody is going to be placing here for them for the most part in this spot but i have been when i've been doing mocks i've had to be the value police on zach Charbonnet because i'm not letting him fall to like the mid-second or some some dumb, dumb shit like that like his talent level deserves to be taken here still he was still got the good draft capital and like you said, I think the last sentence you said there is the important part to me because the type of skill that he has, if anything were to happen to Kenneth Walker, Charbonnet is going to skyrocket because we know the talent that's there. It's not just some bum where just like, oh, well, now he gets a chance. Let's see what happens. Like, no, we know yeah. he steps in, he's going to be awesome, like that he could really lead this offense. So I like that, that point that you made there about that. Um, I, I have a tough time with the spot still. And the other thing here is it's like, so if we think they're going to be this heavy ass running team and go with these two guys, now what happens to all the passing we we're hoping with JSN and the DK 3YC? JSN? Yeah. I, I, Lockett's like 30-31. He's kind of hitting the cliff, but still, it's like true, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's hard to see what they're gonna. And then Geno Smith is he gonna turn back into a pumpkin like we've seen for the rest of his career? Is he still gonna be good? Like it's it's there's it's a little bit ambiguous around the whole situation. But uh, I still like Charbonnet a lot on talent. This is a bet on talent, not so much on situation thing here, which is something you you got to do every once in a while. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. So so at one twelve tight end premium here. Um. This was hard to choose between either you know the first round pick who maybe went to a place that wasn't the greatest or. The guy I actually went with, which was Michael Mayer, who went to the Raiders in the early second round there, because I just like the situation better. I think he walks onto the field as a day one starter there, and I think his skill set is a guy who can step on the field in day one, uh, a guy who can block in line, a guy who's spent a lot of time split outside. Yes, he's not as athletic as Dalton Kincaid is, maybe, but I still think he's he's athletic enough and he's good enough at everything else that he's going to be a guy that's going to get tough to get off the field for the Raiders. So I I think in a tight end premium league, he's going to be an awesome pick here and someone who who has, can potentially. Be like a 10 plus year career guy.
0: He is also younger and healthier yeah. than can get Yeah, it. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so you got that going for you. Um, at the well, let's recap the first round. So the first round, 101, B. John Robinson at the Falcons, 102, Anthony Richardson, quarterback for the Colts. 103. Do we even mention the coaching staff at the Colts when we talked about him? Shane Steichens the OC from, from the Eagles. So he helped make and build the offense around Jalen Hurts. Now he gets a guy that's toolsier, better. Prospect and Hurts is it's a match made in, it's a match made in heaven. That's all yeah. I'm saying. 103, quarterback Bryce Young for the Panthers. 104, quarterback C.J. Stroud for the Houston Texans. 105, running back jameer Gibbs for the Lions. 106, J.S.N. wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. 107, Q.J. wide receiver for the Chargers. 108, Jordan Addison wide receiver for the Vikings. The 109, I took kendry Miller running back for the Saints. At the 110, uh, Corey put Zay Flowers from the Ravens, wide receiver for the Ravens, 111, Zach Charbonnet, running back for the Seahawks. And at the 112, our first tight end off the board, Michael Mayer going to the Raiders. All right, let me open it up now. 201, I selected uh, Devin O'Chain, running back for the Miami Dolphins here. I've been pretty um, low. <laughs> I've been pretty mm-hmm. low on him uh, throughout the whole process. There's just there's just not many undersized running backs that are fancy relevant. Now you can point to like, Oh, what about LaShawn McCoy? That was like 15 years ago. Okay. <laughs> 15 years ago, running backs <laughs> were slow. They were just brick walls and everyone was like worried about stopping the run down the middle. And then OCs were like, well, what if we just went around the wall? You know, like, I mean, so that's, that's what happened. That's how the NFL transitioned 15 years ago or 10 years ago, really. A chain lands with one of the most creative young coaches out there who is using the speed of his wide receivers to just absolutely demolish uh, defenses. And they just add even more speed to the running back room. So I I believe in what Mike McDaniels is doing over there. I still don't believe Devin O'Chain is a 50 plus snap count type guy. I think he's more in the forties. I think this is a committee, but he's like the number one guy in the committee. And that's why I have him here in the second and not in the first.
1: Yeah. He seems to be the guy that everybody's propping up into that spot that you took Charbonnet at, um, which like i think with the case here one of the things that we constantly said about a chain through the process was he was kind of going to be landing spot dependent he had to land somewhere properly where someone was going to use him right don't expect this guy to run up the middle 15 times a game and whatever like like no you got to use him in creative ways and use him and we got that right we got that with this landing spot it was literally the perfect landing spot there's an opening um it's a it's a oc who's with his time in San Fran wasn't afraid to use lighter backs Um, Loved to use guys speed design offense towards speed like that this was really the perfect landing spot for him so if you were a believer you got no reason to hop off he should be all the way up there for you and I'm flipping around a little bit I I like him here at 201 I think I would take him back at the first to be honest I might go over Charbonnet I think a little bit there's Um,
0: there's an argument there for sure if someone did that i wouldn't i wouldn't be roasting them in the chat or anything like that yeah both guys are looking at a committee i guess right unless somebody
1: gets injured or something yeah yeah Yeah. um anyways 202 i almost did this one just to just to get just because i knew you wanted them but that's okay (laughs) 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 i went with jonathan mingo to the carolina panthers and this is a situation exactly opposite of charbonnet where you're almost betting on situation, um, less so on some of the profile and talent that that he showed. There is talent there, it, you know. There's good, man. He went there's 39 raw overall. There's raw traits to love, but the it hasn't materialized on the field just yet. You know what I mean? Like played well against really bad teams, kind of struggling against uh, a, a good teams. Didn't really put it to fully together. It was a guy who struggled with health for most of his career, only really the last year and still got outplayed by a UDFA. I'll say, by the way, Malik, yeah. I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, so there there's red flags in the profile. I'm still iffy. I'm still trying to figure out where exactly I'm going to take Bingo. But in this draft, I took him here because of the situation you're lining up with Bryce Young. They need a wide receiver one. He's, he is the type of quarterback that can raise the play of players around him. And that's the, what I'm kind of hoping will happen with Mingo, who has the raw traits to love, but is going to need to still refine his craft. And I'm hoping that Bryce Young is going to make it easy for him and he can kind of become his number one receiver and grow with him there. So 202 uh, Jonathan Mingo is a, is a fine spot to take him. I'm
0: still not sure if I'm going to do it, though. Did you see the Mingo quote after he got drafted? I didn't know. You, no. you kind of just hit it there. I don't, you, you know, He said he wants to make Bryce Young's life easy. Yeah, oh, OK. Yeah. Easy. yeah. Anyway, um, no, I, I think everything Corey said was right. I can't I can't address the disappearing acts in this production profile. I mean, I watched mm-hmm. the film and I, I still don't like understand why he's just not productive sometimes. And He has some concentration drops, too, which is a little bit frustrating. But in the offseason, me and me and Barnabas Lee, our, our NFL team lead, went to Mobile for the senior bowl. And I don't, no one else was talking about him the way we were talking about him. He had quick feet for his size. He, like, won every single 1v1 rep. And uh, he goes to a room with just absolutely no competition. So there's definitely some risk here. And I know me and Corey talked about this behind scenes before the show. The whole second round just feels like reaches. And then you get to, like, the yeah. late second, and you're like, now nah, we're hitting values. But, like, the whole early and mid-second feels just kind of gross. Because I, I would have loved to have Mingo, like, Mid to late second feels more appropriate. Yes, yeah. Uh, let's go on to the two hundred three here. Uh, I went with the team that can't evaluate wide uh, receiver talent. I took Rasheed Rice. <laughs> per- perfect <laughs> with the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Another second rounder. So Sky Moore still on the team. They still don't have a one. Uh, writing my profiles in the off season, I thought Rasheed Rice profiled as a wide receiver two three, not as a number one. No one on that offense profiles as a one. They still got Kelsey, so I guess you can say he's the one. Yeah. Um, I think we had late second last week, which I would 100% agree with. By the way, that he's more of a late second. As Mm, far as I think he might have been crept in third. I think I might took him early third. Yeah. So this this feels like a bit of reach, but second round draft capital. The whole time I thought he was more early third, but I've always mentioned late second as well too. But I think he's a zone eater. So gotta love the team, love the situation, and the players. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: (laughs) like I think like my baseline expectation. With this kind of capital, at least, is like I'm hoping for like maybe what Juju Smith Schuster gave you last year, which, like, what really wasn't much. But at least it was like a a role in this offense. I just don't know if I see him as being anything more than like that
0: because eighty receptions they, for nine hundred yards, something ridiculous. Yeah.
1: That. Like, like that's kinda like what I can like what well, what else is the wide receiver one offense in, in this offense gonna do? Unless you're Tyree Kill and streaking down the field fifty for fifty yards yeah, down the field 1, and, and catching a bomb yeah. from Mahomes, right? Like it's not the way this this offense really functions that much. But yeah. Um Another one kind of similar to my last pick with Mingo where we're kind of betting on situation, but at 204, I am going to go with Superflex league. I'm going with the borderline first round quarterback. I think, I think this is a good, <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a good area for him, I guess like mid second. If you're a guy who hasn't taken a quarterback yet, you need a quarterback, um, he's in a good, decent situation there. You know, I don't know how long Titans are going to stay committed to Tannehill. I think he's out the door sooner than later. I think Will Levis is a future plan and He'll be a guy who can sit behind, like we said. We didn't want him to walk into a place where he had to start right away. We, we mm-hmm. did not think he was field ready. At least now he gets to come in, sit, learn uh, from NFL behind. coaches. Yeah. yeah. He's and... going to learn behind Malik Willis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: quarterback that Quarterback from last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: If, any, if anything, I hope that should just tell you what they think about Malik Willis. I think I think he's a done asset. So hopefully no one's holding a hope for that. But
0: anyways, 204 here, Superflex League. Give me Will Evans. Yeah, I um... – I mean, second-round pick in the rookie draft, second-round pick in the NFL draft. He was yeah. the first-round pick in both just not too long ago. Anyway, yeah. at the 205, I take the first tight end draft in NFL. night. Like, Dalton Kincaid, he's a pretty good receiver. He really was. He was fun to watch at Utah. I think it was, like, his fifth year, though, to put it together. Obviously, there's back injury concerns, too. Um, but they need someone to operate over the middle. I I did go back and – I should say back and forth. There was, like, one comment back and forth with Austin because I'm a huge Colossal Secure fan. And I think he really stepped up in the slot. But if we're just following draft capital, common sense would say Dolan Kincaid is the guy they want to operate in the middle. Daw- Dawson Knox mm-hmm. is there though. He hasn't really been Dawson Knox is a fine tight end, but he hasn't like finished higher than tight end 17. So I'm a little bit worried that I'm I'm worried that Josh Allen won't target the tight end. It's not really his forte. Um, but we'll see. Um but I'm taking tight end one that was drafted, Dolan Kincaid in two oh five, which I feel like I feel like that's the latest you may see him go in actual
1: rookie drafts. Yeah, I think when we were doing the mock draft, I even said that's a great value on Kincaid. Like, yeah, like I was saying at 112, I was considering which one I wanted. You know what I mean? Like, I was so the fact that he even dropped all this far, and I probably ignored him too long because I had already had my tight end theoretically in this draft. But I think he would possibly go earlier than this. Like, I think, you know, early second, you're probably looking at Kincaid territory. If you're in a tight end premium league, like,
0: I wouldn't rely on him falling to the two hundred five. That's for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this too. This whole entire tight end class, which is a better tight end class as a whole. I don't have confidence in these guys' hits like Titan Five. I mean, there's one guy, and you already took him, but like besides that, I'm not. Yeah, it's these guys all don't feel like high ceiling. Yeah, because then players. even the other second round pick got joined by another
1: third round pick, and then the other guy who was a second round pick, we didn't expect to be a second round pick. So that's like, mm-hmm. is it, yeah, it I mean, so without so going into names pick there, there pick yeah, it was, it was strange very pick. strange. But anyways, 206. I'm gonna go with the guy you caused a stir about on Twitter today, and in our, yeah. in our company Slack, that's Mr. Josh Downs. Um, I think he's going to be a great fit over there with, with, uh, Anthony Richardson. I think that there's a, there's a spot open for him, obviously, with the twin towers on the outside with Pierce and Pittman downs is going to fit right into the slot. Anthony Richardson last year at Florida, his favorite target, Ricky Pierce, all pure slot guy. I think young quarterbacks tend to rely on what comes natural to them when they get into the next level. I think that might be a natural thing for him wanting to target the slot. Um, I think Downs is the type of player that can create easy manufactured touches, you know, whether it's a quick screen here, whether it's something quick over the middle. Um, So I I think that he walks in as the second best option in this team. I think good NFL coaches design offenses around the strengths of their players, and Josh Downs is a strength on this team compared to the rest of the wide receiver core there. So he would be a fool not
0: not, not to game plan around him. The last fantasy relevant third round wide receiver was four years ago. I and the third round him. has just been a death sentence. And people be really like, "We'll go with talent." Well, apparently the NFL t- didn't think he was talented.
1: We're also even talking about, but well, he's small. I think that's the biggest problem here. But we're also talking about the second round. We were just talking about how many reaches we felt were in the second round.
0: Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: Like we felt like all those guys are reaches it like, and i Josh Downs felt. So I'm not ready to give up on Italian. I don't get this draft was just very weird to me. And I'm not, I mean, I'm he, not following no, no third round trend for this one. <laughs> he, he
0: fits, he fits like there's, they don't have a dynamic slot and they haven't for years. Yeah. So he definitely fills a role for them. Like hundred percent. Like he should be in starting lineups. I just don't know how relevant he's going to be that I would rather, pick guys that i want to trade for value later is just, <laughs> just a terrible i hate this yeah. class i really yeah. don't like it anymore i love the top i don't like the middle and i love the back end but i don't yeah. like the middle of this class uh, i'm going to the on to 207 though 207 i took uh running back tank bigsby we'll address a bet i had with matt pruning here in a few picks because i'm sure he's, like, <laughs> screaming after i just said that yeah. tank bigsby just... at the 207 running back going <laughs> running back going it's about values but anyway going to um the jaguars uh, Doug Peterson has always used a two back system, uh, which makes me a little bit concerned about Trevor Etienne. I, there's nothing that Bigsby does better than Etienne. So it was always a head scratcher. Like, where are you going to use him on? Mm-hmm. Like, honestly. Uh, but then the other hand, it's like, well, if Etienne goes down, then Tank Bigsby will be the guy. And then and then I'm asking myself, well, why am I taking a handcuff in at 207? That just feels like a third round pick to me and maybe Etienne, who hasn't been exactly the picture of health, might go down to injury. It just feels like I'm taking a handcuff. I hate this big. I'm taking yeah. Tank Bigsby, the 207. It is a similar argument to the Zach Charbonnet
1: argument, though, but I yes. will say that that the Tank Bigsby thing, like <clears throat> you said, like, there's nothing like, I believe Etienne's a better talent, but there you said there's nothing that, that he offers that that Etienne doesn't. I will say that he's a, he's a much more powerful runner I think. Okay. You know, like he's All not right, afraid yeah. to lower his head pick up. So maybe there's some high value touches there in the red zone short area situations stuff like that. You know, maybe they want to pull a little bit off of uh, of Etienne. And like you said, uh, Peterson's been the type of guy to who likes to use a lot of running backs. Maybe he just didn't have the guys he wanted to run that type of system. You know, he relied on Etienne a little bit more than he wanted to last year. So maybe there's a little bit of that there, but again, you know, 207 again, this is another guy I'm playing value police. I don't let him fall further than this in any draft.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 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 You
1: talk about value anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, at 208, I'm going to go with a guy that we were kind of like, I think he'll go higher than this. I think uh, I, the, the way people have been mocking, they've been taking him before Josh Downs, but that's Marvin Mims who went in the second round to Denver. Um, maybe I don't like the, the landing spot as much. I see Josh Downs as a potential day one starter type player who could grow in that role right away. Marvin Mims, I feel like is like a third on the depth chart already. Like, And I'm not, I'm not saying that he's not a talented guy, but I think that Sutton is talented in his own right. I think Judy is a talented guy. They just picked up his fifth year option. I think that Tim Patrick, I don't know where he's at, but he's had his moments of being serviceable. He's a nice depth wide receiver for them. Russell Wilson still needs to take a step forward. I think we're relying on that. but We don't know if that's going to happen. Was this the sign of the decline, or can he bounce back now with Peyton there? So I, the situation, I feel like I don't like it as much as everybody else seems to like it. Now, I will say if Sutton moves out of town, and now it's just Judy and Marvin Mims. That's something that maybe would make me feel a little bit better about it. And that's why I still take him here at two hundred eight. I don't want to see him fall further than this um, with that second round draft capital and that that athletic profile. But you know, I really didn't didn't see the athletic profile in the tape. So I'm hoping I'm I'm wrong in that evaluation. And I'm just gonna go with what the NFL thinks here.
0: Yeah, he's gonna be a great replacement for KJ Hamler, who has been super yeah, famous relevant. So exactly right like that's uh,
1: that's my that's my worry that's my main worry like <laughs> I,
0: don't, I don't seem i don't think it's more talented than sutton or judy i i literally yeah. rewatched judy tape today by the way well I was that work i flipped on one of his alabama games i just mm. i fell in love all over again i sent out some offers i mean i really jerry judy was so special and then i watched him at denver uh i really you know saying i watched a little bit less nfl games lately but i watched his denver uh some denver game tape of him he still looks good. I just can't... I was watching it and I was like, people really thought he was going to get traded this year? Like, that's insane. That's insane yeah. that he would get traded. So I, I don't think he can play his way up this depth chart. And this team has overdrafted wide receivers in the past. I just don't... I, I don't see how he climbs up the depth chart. No,
1: thank you. At least somebody that agrees with me. I like. That. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I get the
0: analytical profile and the draft cast. Yes, which is what well, the, he the was fight usually is. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get the markers are right there. I just don't think it's going to hit him. But uh 209 i take um what some people have as tight end one uh Sam laporta uh tight end for detroit detroit still needs one more passing weapon jameson williams is dealing with a suspension for some pretty it's kind of dumb but like i get it he broke a rule um but uh san laporta offers a little bit of something there. I, okay look i'm straight with you watching his tape in college i just i didn't think anything was really there i didn't think he was special i thought he was okay um so I, I don't think he's like an Uber athlete, which is kind of what you want what, what you want in a tight end. He's a fifth-year guy, goes to Detroit. Amara already operates in the middle, so I don't know where he's going to operate. Um, but he got the draft capital, so they have to plan on using him. I mean, who doesn't draft a guy that high and doesn't use him? This feels like a floor pick. I don't really feel like he would drop this far in any other draft besides me and Corey. Yeah. I mean,
1: um, I mean, for what it's worth, I get, I'll give myself a little pat on the back, which I don't do that often. But mm-hmm. – um, mid-round risers article I did last year. I had Sam Laporta in it because I did think he showed some interesting things. There were some other hits in there. Kendrick Miller was in there as well. I was actually I, – I enjoyed the the hits that came from that article. But, but either way, Sam Laporta was one of the guys that was in there because the way Iowa used them, you know, it was a very – a non-functioning passing offense but the one guy that did function in this offense was sam laporta as like the main guy he's led the team the past two years as the lead tight end they would split him out wide they would split him in the slot he did everything and then he tested pretty good too which is i think he ran like a four or five that. So he actually did have a little bit of athleticism, too. Maybe I didn't see it as much like you did. But then again, I don't know how much tight end tape I actually watched. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Iowa games. I mean, like, how much Iowa was I really watching this year? Probably not that much. So, mm, <laughs> um, <terrible. laughs> yeah, either way. Um, but again, Detroit didn't really use the tight ends too much either. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. 210 anyways. Let's let's move on here. I'm going with Cedric Tillman, a guy that I like throughout the process. I like the landing spot more than some people will, will, will say. Um, Amari Cooper, I think, has an element next year. Or his contract is actually done next year. Apparently, uh, I was talking to Matt Bruning, who says that um, they they might re-sign him. There's been talks about re-signing him. I don't know. Either way, Cedric Tillman being hooked up here with Deshaun Watson. If he can break into this into this lineup, but I think he fits more of that mold of the guy on the outside. I think he could be a potential replacement. And I liked being hooked up with. Um, I, was, I almost said Deshaun Kaiser, but Deshaun Watson <laughs> for the long haul here because I don't think they're going to be moving on. And I do expect to bounce back for Deshaun Watson t- uh,
0: as well. So I like Cedric Tillman to the Browns. And at 210, I feel like that's an okay spot. Sorry, I was looking up Amari Cooper's contract. He's a, he's a UDFA in 2025 because I was going to come in here and be like, will Cedric so Tillman ever be the wide receiver one of that offense? No. And then my next concern is, is the Browns are just rotating OCs, and I've yet to feel confident about any of the OCs they bring in. Ah, uh, so we'll have to see if if Deshaun Watson can really look like his own self, and then I feel pretty good about Tillman because Tillman offers a skill set they don't have in that offense, which we talked yeah. on the NFL live show. They just don't have a big body guy. They have like field stretchers and then technicians. They don't really have the big body guy. Um, at the two eleven, I take the last uh, quarterback. I take and Hooker drafted in the early third by the Lions. We've um been harsh on him for the system that he plays in in college, right? He's a system QB. Well, Detroit Lions are a system type of type of offense too. I don't I think he could be groomed to take over from Jared Goff. Now, I'm not super confident that that'll happen, but I don't see this team losing like they used to in the past anymore. I think this team is a, not like a Super Bowl contender, but I think they're going to be a middle of the pack team now for the near future. They're a rising team, rising team. Yeah, yeah. So, so either they're going to wait for a quarterback to fall, like like a Mac Jones fell to like pick fifteen. uh I, I think their days of drafting a franchise QB, like a high end franchise QP are kind of past them. They're going to have to shoot from deep here, and I think that's why Hendon Hooker is shooting from deep. So I, he's going to be the backup here. Jared Goff he has been fine and serviceable. I'm really taking a a guy that's kind of a handcuff. He, he was considered a first round QB by plenty of people in the space. So I feel like he could be someone you flip for value. Not, not too hard either. I think you can flip him pretty easily. Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I've I've had a thing for Hendon Hooker, I guess, but I mean, it was always a little bit of a long shot, especially coming from that offense. At least he gets to sit behind Goff and, and learn or whatever, and we'll see if anything comes of it. And again, at two eleven in a, a superflex, you just take your shots on, on some of these. Yeah. guys. So uh, at two twelve, I'm chasing a little bit of draft capital here um, to the guy who went to Green Bay, who wasn't as high for me as as uh, as a wide receiver. He was in this area, though. I guess like he was more like a third round pick, maybe like bottom of the third round pick. But that's Jaden Reed who went there. Thought he was more of a special teams kicker, returner, depth receiver kind of guy guy who gonna kind of do it all maybe isn't like a lead at any one thing but um green bay seems to think he is and he's gonna be potentially in the mix for for a lot of snaps there in year one with christian watson depending on how where he is and uh romeo doves where he is but jayden reed can play in the slot he can play a little bit outside he, he might get on the field and be a nice a nice target for jordan love and they gave him decent draft capital so we'll see what happens here
0: i always thought that like it's the same skill set as christian watson to me you know it really is Mm -hmm. it's like why are they why are they doing this to themselves why are they you know mbs then watson now reed can they get a guy that operates over the middle um that's (laughs) what i was kind of hoping for here i know you mentioned he could play in the slot but i just not sure how much his skill set will go there uh but um yeah draft capital there Uh, so we're going to recap the second round i do want to say this though almost all my picks I'm looking to trade for value at this point yeah (laughs) in the second round um anyway the 201 I took Devin Achey Miami running back 202 Corey took John Domingo the wide receiver for the Panthers 203 Rasheed Rice wide receiver for the Chiefs 204 quarterback Will Levis QB3 QB3 of the of the Titans (laughs) and then uh Dalton Kincaid at the 205 tight end for the Buffalo Bills at the 206 Josh Downs wide receiver for the Colts at the 207 you got Auburn oh not Auburn excuse me Jacksonville running back Tink Bigsby 208 you got Broncos wide receiver Marvin Mims at the 209 you have Lions tight end Sam Laporta at the 210 you have the Browns wide receiver Cedric Tillman 211 the Lions quarterback, Hendon Hooker, and at the 212, the Green Bay packing their bags to the early first round next year, Jaden Reed. That team's put themselves in a rebuild. I'm yeah. so confident in that. I'm i I really, bought really- I
1: actually bought some super cheap shares of Jordan Love just to see if there's oh, any nice. in, in spots where I needed it, just to see. Like I think one price I paid was Antonio Gibson uh and like a, a late 2024 pick. And I was like, I'll, I'll do that. Like let me just let me just see the shot. Like that was my most recent one. So yeah. uh, I'm taking some shots. We'll see what happens. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So I, I do want to say this though. I I really want to I, most of those second rounders, I'm hoping to flip for value. I just don't. Yeah. Anyway, now here's here's where you get the real value, the third round. Me and Corey talk about this. You always want to get the handcuff, the RB handcuffs in the third round because players will go down, they're mm-hmm. gonna get overhyped on Twitter. Oh, Khalil Herbert's the net. he's gonna take over from David Montgomery. Hasn't happened yet, it might, but this is where you flip those guys for value or those handcuffs. They get overhyped. And I'm taking I'm taking Tajay Spears running back for the Titans. I mean, I took too many Titan players. Uh, Tajay Spears running back for the Titans. He's gonna fill in for Trail Hilliard, Just great. Um, hmm. The King, the King, Derrick Henry has every year. People are like, "Well, age is gonna catch up to him. He's gonna slow down." He's not so far. I don't understand it. He's just built different. I'm so tired of doubting him. I, I don't. I think this is such a parallel. I know Corey made this joke on Twitter. Gotta give him the credit for this. It's such a parallel to Darrington Evans, who was also drafted in the third round like four years ago. He was also comp to Alvin Kamara the same way Taja Spears was. Medicals came out saying that Taja doesn't even have an ACL in one of his knees, which <laughs> I don't I don't even understand. Like I don't comprehend <laughs> that sentence, but it can't be a positive. So um, I think he's a fine player. I think he's more of a pass-catching running back. I always have. I still do, even with the landing spot. Um, but 301 Ty J Spears. And the minute someone hypes him up, I'm sending him out for second round picks in the 2024 draft. I was
1: super surprised you took Ty J Spears,
0: especially at 302
1: when I went with
0: Roshan Johnson,
1: uh, who went to the Bears. But I mean, we were just having a conversation in the chat that that Mike wanted to take Roshan Johnson over Tank Bigsby. I think did. in your RB ranking article, do you rank him above Tank Bigsby?
0: I think I crumbled when I flipped him. I really do. You crumbled, I had, eh? I had to rewrite <laughs> it. The... the the um WordPress ate my article. I I was so upset about oh. it, dude. I was yeah, upset. so so um, I thought I thought you'd really go with Roshan Johnson here. Either way, I don't really like any
1: either of these two guys. I, I'm a noted Roshan Johnson uh, hater a little bit, I
0: guess. Like I just do don't think, see it there, but do you think he can beat Khalil Herbert? That's the question. Do you think he can beat Khalil no, Herbert? I don't. Oh, know. all right. I mean, I feel like they're the same profile. Do you think I think they're the same profile guy? No, like, um, I,
1: like no, no, but Roshan is like a big clunky. Power back, like that's what yeah. he strikes me as. With some
0: awkward athletic moves on tape, which
1: is yes, he's he's very awkward. That's what I think of him as. There, there's yeah. flashes there for sure. I don't know how many how he can do those things consistently no because I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't no seen burst, those things. But gets away with it.
0: Gets away with it with no burst.
1: He's a special teams guy and a very good locker room guy. Okay, the reason I take him here in three hundred two is because yes, there is an avenue, and yes, I will. Uh, there is a path here. They're they're changing of the guard at the running back right now. They're going to be relying on Khalil Herbert, who has looked great in the time. That we've seen him take over from Montgomery when Montgomery's been injured, but still there is some ambiguity here. And in the third round, you know, at least Roshan Johnson has the size, he has a decent athletic profile, nothing like super good. He's got the power. You can at least, you know, get ahead of guys. You know, maybe he'll he's a little more Jordan Howard. I don't even know. I think Jordan Howard is even a better mover than Joe Roshan Johnson, to be honest with you. Um <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> so Roshan Johnson here at 302. I'll just I'll just, you know, hopefully everybody else is right, and I'm wrong.
0: Uh, he's been (laughs) Herbert's been efficient I'm gonna say that it's not Mm -hmm. like he has a bunch of games over 100 yards he has one against Houston um not that he's had like the main workload either too often but I don't know I don't I guess I don't think he's I think Roshan can win the job and if he does I think Roshan's like a one-year production window guy the same way I talk about Algier who I picked up in the late second a lot of times, got to use him for my run, and then I'm shipping him off. And this season, I'm like, oh, a rookie running back with a 1,000 yards? You guys don't want him for a second? You know, like, that's that's how you have to treat some of these running backs, and that's how I would treat Roshan. I think Roshan does have one good year of production in him. I don't think it's more than that. I think it's one, and, like, that's it. So in the third round, I love that pick. And we're talking about tank splitting or being a backup. Like, that's not one-year production. But I got one year out of Roshan probably, I think. I think I do. Yeah, same right, with Tajay. Yeah. I don't really cool. think I have one solid year of Tajay either, but there's a high. I think value.
1: You're, you're gonna see Roshan Johnson go much higher than that. I'll admit that at about 210, where I took Cedric Tillman, I think that's where I probably, if I was, if I'm just following my theory of you should take some running backs just to see if they happen, especially in a situation like this, especially where you can break out. And you know, I just, I just really didn't like the like what I evaluated i guess i don't want to speak too ill of the the guy i just really like what i i just really didn't like what i evaluated so i was okay dropping him and i thought you were gonna freaking snag him at some point but you kept playing him drop i'm like (sighs) i'm like man fine i'm taking
0: him then like (laughs) i had to play the i do have to play the game of values to a point but i i i I also wouldn't take him before the late second yeah i just I i kept on not liking your picks dude i like i didn't i wasn't gonna take marvin mims i wasn't gonna take you I like that. Really... You took
1: all the other guys. I didn't you took all oh my We gosh, swiss so... rolled. Dude. I yeah, took all the running swiss backs, rolled. You took all the running I didn't, didn't yeah. want to take all these guys.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's like there's five wide receivers, and then I'm going all the running backs before the third round, and like that's it. Yeah. Um yeah. Okay. So moving on though, uh to the 303. I took the second round tight end, Luke Musgrave, going to the Green Bay. Green Bay, who I just said doesn't have a guy in the operate in the middle. Luke Musgrave is very athletic. The issue is that he can't stay healthy. He's played four years in college. And I think he's only played for 18 games total uh, when he's been healthy. So he's, he's injury prone, but as far as like the most dynamic athlete at tight end, he's certainly, you know, top one or two on that list in this draft class. So there's a certain hole there. There's a certain uh, athletic ability with Luke Musgrave. We just haven't seen him put it together because of injuries, not really because of talent. So at the 303, I took Luke Musgrave. Yeah, there's at least a
1: situation there. But of course, I mean, we'll talk about them soon here, close enough. But the, of course, they go and take another one around later. And now we've got like this Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews thing, where we're kind of just trying to wonder who's going to be the guy that's going to stick. And in that case, it was Mark Andrews, the later guy. So kind of leaves that opening in people's minds. Like, was well, it going to be Tucker here? Or is it going to be Luke Musgrave? I don't know. But either way, I, I avoided the position. I went 304. I went with the guy that a lot of people thought were going to be was going to be a first-round talent. Didn't end up going. So I was super proud of the NFL. They, they continue to surprise me, by the way. I will just say for the NFL, drop Malik Willis, uh, who he said was not a first-round pick. Drop Will Levis, who he said was not a first-round pick. Drop Jalen Hyatt, who he said was not a first-round pick. So I will applaud them for for doing that. Um, But I I still think there's some upside here, I guess, in in a pretty open wide receiver room. There's not a lot of guys who stand out in this wide receiver room. Some guys came on at the end of the year. Hodgins came on at the end of the year. I know they added Paris Campbell as well. We'll see if he can do anything here, showing some flashes. But either way, there's some opening here. Um, so I'll, I'll take Jalen Hyatt here at three Oh four and just see if he can break out here.
0: Do you think, do you think that spells the end to uh Wandale Robinson? Uh, I don't know. I think they are different skill sets. We've talked about it quite a bit. Okay. Jalen
1: Hyatt is a much more vertical guy. I think Jalen Hyatt, or I mean, I think Wandale is the kind of guy that can do a lot of those manufacturer things, maybe a little more of a, of a, like a dollar store, a uh, Rondale Moore. you know what I mean? Like that kind of player uh, that's how I can picture him being used. Jalen Hyde. I could see being on the outside. I could see him be just running vertical routes on the outside, even though I know he operated mostly from the slot, but I think it could be that type of player that just like takes the defense off. And that's kind of the, my worry is that what his role is going to be.
0: Yeah, I guess that's fine. I agree with that. I just think they're bringing in a lot of slot guys kind of make me a little bit concerned. Yeah. Um, but at the 305, I take the other green Bay tight end Tucker Craft, who I did like more than Luke Musgrave. He has more of a complete set skill set here. The main concern is that, um, as an athlete, look, Luke Musgrave can't block. Tucker Craft can block. So I feel like if they have to ask one guy to do one, the other guy to use to do the other, it's got to be Musgrave running routes out there to pass balls, and it's got to be Tucker Craft in there for blocking plays. But that being said, if Luke Musgrave does go down an injury, I absolutely see a world where Tucker Craft takes over as the tight end one in that room, or at least in that class. So um, I did take Tucker Craft here at the 305. Feels like appropriate value. Um, yeah, I like that. I think if you've got two extra picks
1: in the third round, like you've only got a third round rookie draft or a free round rookie draft, you've got two extra picks and you don't have a tight end situation. This is actually a plausible scenario. I think is you take both the guys that were drafted high and see who's the one who really breaks out. We've, we've wasted third round picks on worse guys. At least here, you're kind of probably locking in whoever the starter is going to be. You just might have to hold on to them and see who, who it's going to end up being, or maybe it's both of them. I don't know where this offense is headed, but yeah, we'll see. Um, at three oh six. I went with a guy who I just – I like the profile of uh, uh, Israel Banaconda who went to the Jets, I believe, in the 6th or 5th. 5th or 6th. I think it might have been the 6th. I don't even know. I, he It was a day three pick regardless. It was much later than I probably would have hoped. I think he got judged for the product that he puts out on the field already, which is a very raw product. He's more athlete. He's a guy who bounces outside. Um, still has a lot, of, de- lot uh, of deception to figure out the line of scrimmage, how to navigate that traffic, how to press the line a little bit. So I understand that. But, again, one of the youngest backs in the class – when he's going to be looking at that that next contract, like we talked about with Kendra Miller, he's only going to be 24 years old. So he's going to have a chance to latch on somewhere else. And I'm hoping that he can show some ability behind Brees Hall here. And with a guy like Aaron Rodgers coming in now, it just opens holes for these guys to flash a little bit. I think he's probably the replacement for Michael Carter, who I think moves on after after this year. Um, But uh yeah, you're, you, it's definitely a long shot, a guy that's probably going to sit on your roster for a while.
0: I think he gets some play early. I know Brees is coming back from ACL, but usually when they yeah. come back, they're like 80%. So I could see Izzy getting some some run early, get some hype. You know, one big game and mm-hmm. Twitter Hive hits off, and you're like, all right, man, second-round pick. Anybody? <laughs> <you know?"> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and similar, I took Zach Evans at the 307. Same idea. I think he's easily better than um, Kyron Williams as the RB2 in that system. Cam Akers started showing some juice at the end of last year. So I, I'm not – gonna sit here and say that Zach Evans could beat him I'm pretty sure he doesn't if he went in the sixth round but I, I think he can be a super high-end handcuff here and you're just looking to flip for value once uh well if if Cam Akers gets hurt i mean, usually running backs miss sometime and or you're holding on to him because you're making a championship run and he's gonna be your two-week filling during the playoffs Yeah. I will just say that he does land in a pretty good
1: situation because it's a coaching staff that doesn't have a lot of picks. So they're thinking about all these late guys and choosing these late guys all the time. And they've shown a a willingness to play six round picks, seven round picks. You know, Kyron Williams is walking into a big role last year. Apparently Mm -hmm. those are the rumors. Jake Funk was walking into a nice role or whatever, apparently from some of the rumors, you know, they've shown the willingness to play some of these guys and Cam Akers did not look like himself at the end of the year or at any, at any time since the injury. So there's a chance here. I mean, we know the kind of talent that's there was that Kevin? This is a nice shot here at three Oh seven, but
0: yeah, um, I do think the floor is falling out for the Rams. I mean, the lines, yes, looking worse. Yes. the defensive look, everything's looking worse across yeah. the board for the Rams. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Go so, on.
1: No. So I, three Oh eight, I'm going to take my first or my second tight end in this draft actually. And I'm going with Luke, Scoo- oh man see we looked it up before the show to no, know how to say his last name but now I forgot I think Schoonmaker Schoonmaker yes which sounds like a draft beer so I always call him a draft beer but uh goes to the Dallas Cowboys there's at least an opening there it's tight end premium we'll see if he can become the guy Jake Ferguson and, Pen- and Peyton Hendershot have flashed a little bit so uh not sure who's going to be the guy to break out there but I mean they put a lot of faith in him by taking him here uh, and giving him this kind of draft capital so we'll see if he can be the guy to replace Dalton Schultz
0: I hate it. I don't think he does anything, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> really, shot. I, I, take, <laughs> I take one of the last handcuffs here. Sam old story. Uh, it's going to be chase Brown Bengals running back drafting the fifth round. Uh, Joe Mixon may or may not be facing some sort of legal issues uh, with the stuff going on in his household. Anyway, again, if he plays like one or two games looks good one or two games, I am, I'm shopping him instantly. So you know, or maybe even like an add-on, like you're trying for like a bigger trade, like hey, you know what, man, you twisted my arm. I'll throw in Chase Brown. I didn't want to do it, but I'll do it. Yeah, you know.
1: And I truly believe once you get to the end of these rounds, you know, hammering those backup running backs and hammering guys who are really an injury away from the extremely relevant is a good. Yeah, a good uh, draft strategy to follow. And that's what I did at 310 as well, going with Eric Gray, who went to the Giants, a guy that I kind of liked a little bit more throughout the process, guy who can really kind of do it all and kind of makes a nice backup there for, for Saquon. And again, we don't know what's going to go on with Saquon. He's he struggled with injuries. He's playing on a on a one-year deal right now. um. So we'll see what ends up happening with him along the way. I don't know if Eric Gray is that type of heir apparent type of guy. Maybe he's just more
0: of the complimentary guy, but he becomes a nice handcuff in this situation. Uh the... 311, I took a guy that really had a fall from grace. I took Kayshawn Boutte, Patriots wide receiver draft in the sixth round. Um, this is all opportunity. There's uh, there's there's just, there's no one there for the Patriots. They only have Juju Smith-Schuster and an old reliable Jacoby Myers has moved on. There's a new OC there, so the offense can't be much worse than last year. I mean, it was just rock bottom last year. So this is all about opportunity, what he was before his injury. So he will be two years removed by the time the season starts-ish around there. Ah, uh, so he either bounces back or he doesn't. And the report came out that the word was that teams weren't thinking he was coachable. Anyway, it's the three eleven. He's yeah. in a very easy route to climb the depth chart. Um, but late round wire receivers, I uh, you just can't recommend those. But again, it's a three eleven, so I probably take him around here. Probably in the fourth, I feel better about it. But yeah, this is where I would take.
1: And I think that that shit's not going to fly over there with Bill Belichick either, right? He's going to have to either you know smarten up and and buckle down and not be this diva not be this entitled guy and not be not coachable over there that's not going to go well over there you won't be on the team entering the season if that happens so um i i think he's in a good situation that they hopefully they get him to to get his head on straight. and Hopefully he shows flash to that guy from that freshman season. The last pick here, wrapping up the whole draft, chasing a little bit of draft capital here. I really didn't know where to go. Um, you thankfully reminded me of a guy right at the end of this draft. So it looked a little bit better by the end of it, but I ended up going with tank Dell. Very fun player who is at at Houston, a C2C love of mine, but very concerned about the way he translates translates to the nfl level given his size he does have a nice skill set where he's very shifty player can run some routes but i mean once those physical quarterbacks are bumping him off those routes uh and getting in his face i think he's gonna have a tough time but could be a guy i'm dropping two years from now but
0: at 312 i'll take the shot all right guys we're actually gonna cap off the draft there um I do feel like we've been a little bit dry the last two weeks talking about mock drafts. So I just want to give you guys a sneak peek of the future of what we got going on here. Uh the Devi Guide did just drop. It's $20. If you're not a member, if you are a member, you got it in your inbox somewhere. Just hit us up if you don't. Next week we're going to do a Devi Guide review. So if you're still not sure, we're going to talk about last year's Devi Guide. We're going to do a little bit of reflection on it. We're going to talk about my misfits, see how they're doing from last year, talk about <laughs> the new group of misfits this year. And then we're going on to rookie or not rookie, excuse me, ranking updates. And then we're going to go into conference primers, just talking about team situations for Debbie the next two or three years, and going through the SEC, Pac-12, AAC, or sorry, ACC. We're not doing those G5 teams. I'm sorry. Well, we'll group them together, but we're not going to specialize each week for a G5 uh, conference. That's just not going to happen here on this show. But we have plenty of stuff planned out here for the future to have more fun here. Thank you for sticking around from Mike and from Corey. Good night and good luck.